Welcome back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. Thanks for tuning in today. The Senate passed legislation to prevent a partial government shutdown. According to the Wall Street Journal, the legislation will keep the government's doors open until mid-December. Passing with 75 in the affirmative, the bill also gives more funding to Ukraine. According to CNN, the legislation gives around $12 billion more to Ukraine in their fight against Russia. CNN also notes, however, that it requires that the Pentagon reports how the money has been spent. The legislation just passed the House, and from there it's going to President Biden's desk. Government spending is set to expire tonight. And according to CNBC, as part of the spending bill, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, also known as FEMA, was given $18.8 billion. Now, this is a big thing to talk about. I mean, government shutdowns are always something we should talk about, and they seem to be happening a lot more. Threats of them, at least, seem to be happening more and more. And I, I, it's, I think it's really interesting to note the Ukraine part of the legislation. $12 billion more to Ukraine. That's a significant amount of money. But I also want to look at it from several lights. I mean, if we're going to be giving money to Ukraine, we should be knowing what's going on with that money. And I think a huge part of this legislation that makes the Pentagon report on it is huge. And you can fall on either side. You can be, I don't want to give any money to Ukraine, or you can be, let's give a bunch of money to Ukraine. But I think if we're going to have a middle ground, it should be, what if we give money, but we make sure we know where it's going? Because let's be frank with ourselves. America is still struggling. The United States is going through a baby formula crisis. We have gas prices through the roof. We have a crisis at the border. There is so much going on. We're not perfect at home yet. We need to be making sure we're doing what we can here as well and making sure we are protecting things abroad because what Russia is doing is inhumane. It's abhorrent. It's disgusting. But we also need to focus on our homeland, and that's a huge deal. And this gives us the accountability that we should have with other countries and allows us to help them. But then again, I would still say, mm, let's see where things go. We should be walking cautiously forward moving forward cautiously is something we should always be doing in the government uh i don't know if it's done all the time but you know this is a step in the right direction i think especially also the fema money that is now going to them that's a huge thing and i'm talk about that later with hurricane ian we really need that right now what's going on and i always err on the side of caution with government spending i think the government has a lot of money and does a lot of bad things with some of their money by not focusing on their own people at times or just spending it vicariously and doing whatever they want. But the FEMA spending is important. What's going on in Florida and other parts of the country right now is devastating and they need help. Speaking of Florida, President Biden is expected to visit in the wake of Hurricane Ian even amidst political tensions with Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. said he was extremely happy with what was going on. This is not about whether or anything having to do with our disagreements politically. This is about saving people's lives, homes, and businesses. That's what this is about. And so I've, been, I've talked to him four or five times already. And it's not a matter of my disagreements with him on other items. The governor of Florida and prospective 2024 presidential candidate has received some criticism for previous opposition to Hurricane Sandy funding back in 2013 when he was a congressman. 
Now back to Biden. According to The Hill, the president is expected to also visit Puerto Rico in the wake of Hurricane Fiona, which devastated that island earlier this month. Now, in regards to Florida, the president told of his and the federal government's unwavering support. At a FEMA press conference, the president said... Earlier this week, I approved his request for the pre-landfall emergency declaration to provide direct federal assistance to the state for emergency protective measures to save lives, including search and rescue and shelter and food. Earlier this morning, I approved the governor's most recent request for an expedited major disaster declaration. That means the federal government will cover 100 percent of the cost to clear debris and for all the costs that the state has to do, has to engage in and expend to save lives. The federal government will also cover a majority of the cost to rebuilding public buildings like schools and state fire stations. And folks in Florida who have uh, destroyed or damaged homes, you don't have enough insurance. It means the federal government will provide individual assistance of 37000 $900 for home repairs, another $37,900 for lost property, for everything from the automobile to a lost wedding ring. That's, that's what we mean by lost property. This all comes as Hurricane Ian continues to trek along the East Coast, expected to hit South Carolina this afternoon. Now, the president also had an urgent message on the prices of gas. Do not use this storm as an excuse to raise gasoline prices or gouge the American public. The price of oil has dropped in recent weeks. The price of gas should be going down as rapidly. It's not. My experts inform me the production of only about 160,000 barrels a day has been impacted by this storm. That's less than 2% of our country's daily production. It's small and temporary impact on oil production provides no excuse no excuse for price increases at the pump, period. If a gas station companies try to use this storm to raise prices, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask officials to look into whether or not price gouging is going on. America is watching, and the industry should do the right thing. I expect them to do the right thing. I think this is a this is a very near and dear story to my heart. Personally, I have family who lives in Florida. I've gone to Florida. You know, I think it's such an important thing to focus on. I think we always just see the devastation of a hurricane. We see the devastation of a natural disaster and we move on within a few weeks that life went on. But life for those people hasn't gone on yet. They're still struggling. They're trying to rebuild their homes. They're trying to figure things out. Maybe if there was a loss of a loved one, they're trying to move on, but they're still struggling even months after sometimes, maybe even years after the effects of this can go on for a while and we just move on with our lives like nothing happened, which is not what sh it should be. And I usually most of the time disagree with president Biden on a lot of things, but his unity and work with, Governor DeSantis is huge. That is a very important thing right now. We should be able to put our political ideas aside and work together to help the people because we are the United States of America. We're not the divided states of America. We are better when we work together. And it's very interesting to see the political dynamics in this as well. I mean, we saw a few weeks ago President Biden basically called half of the country a threat to democracy, um, MAGA Republicans that being... And it's interesting to see now he's shifting towards 
unity, togetherness, even especially with Governor DeSantis, who may run for president in 2024. I'm not saying he is. I don't know what he's thinking. But if he does, that's a huge thing as well, too. He's uniting to get something done and help the people of Florida, which is what is really needed in this chaos right now that's going on down there. And my thoughts, my prayers go out to the people in Florida, South Carolina, anyone dealing with the effects of this storm. The government is going to help and should be helping you through this. I mean, government help sometimes is back and forth a bit and can be chaotic and not helpful at all times. But you do know there are people who want to come alongside you and help you get through this. And that's a huge thing as well, that we need to work and help people. We can't just leave people on their own like this. The people of Florida need us right now, as the people of Hurricane Sandy needed people then. And people will continue to need people and hurricanes will continue to hit. But we have each other and we should be able to rely on that and put aside political ideology. On Thursday, the House and the Senate voted to suspend tariffs on a formula on an ingredient in the baby formula. According to the Wall Street Journal, the legislation would lift the tariffs for the remainder of this year. The crisis has been going on for months, and thanks to supply chain issues and the recall of formula produced by Abbott Laboratories. Abbott also shut down one of its Michigan factories back in February due to safety concerns due to some Similac products. Last week, NPR reported on the the Food and Drug Administration's, or the FDA's, review of the baby formula crisis in which 15 factors were brought up as contributing to the shortage. The director of the FDA Center for Veterinary Medicine, Stephen M. Solomon, said in a statement, One key finding from our interviews is that there is no single action to explain the events that occurred. Rather, the report identifies a confluence of systemic vulnerabilities that demonstrate the need to focus on continued modernization and investment in the expertise and tools needed to better anticipate and address future public health challenges in this area. Now, if you tune into other Hillsdale shows, you may have heard me talk to Dr. Marion Mass about the famous the baby formula shortage last week. If you haven't listened, I really urge you to listen to this episode. It is extremely eye-opening and will answer any and all of your questions on this crisis that is facing our nation and continues to face our nation even months later. Anyways, I really want to focus on this crisis right now because it seems to be out of the news. Like most things, we talk about it for a day or two or a few weeks, and then we move on with our lives. Like I was saying in last segment, we just move on, but it's still going on. And this is affecting the most innocent among us. We need to be on top of this, getting things done to ensure that babies have the formula they need. This is such a huge issue we need to talk about. And we need to Try to look at the FDA and what they're doing and make sure they're up to date and they can do the things they need to do. We need to work to bring in from other countries because as I was talking to Dr. Master, you explained that this is an America issue right now. It's affecting us, not really anywhere else. We should bring in imports. We should do as much as we can to ensure that there is baby, baby formula on the shelves so that children have what they need and that there's this 
not this chaos of running around to try to find the right formula because there are some children who can only have specific formulas and these parents are going hours to try to find it two hours three hours out of state to find this formula it's ridiculous and the united states needs to step up their game and do something about it President Biden has a big goal of tackling the issue of hunger in the United States. The president delivered remarks at the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. At the conference, the president outlined his goals of ending hunger in America by 2030 and lowering the effects of diet-related diseases. First, help more Americans. Say this again, help more Americans access the food that will keep their families nourished and healthy. A lot of food deserts out there. Second, give folks the option and information they need to make healthy dietary choices. Thirdly, help more Americans be physically active. Uh, people want to be. Lots of times there's no places to go to be active from where they live. The president said that everyone has a role to play in this, including the private sector. NPR reported that Tyson is willing to throw $250 million over seven years to increase the accessibility of protein products, specifically at food banks. Overall, NPR said that over $8 billion has been promised by private companies to help spearhead the hunger crisis. This is also a very interesting story. It's a very noble goal that the president has ending hunger in the United States. It's truly, you know, something every president, every politician, you know, everyone should want. We should want to end hunger in the United States. It's a huge issue and nobody should have to go without food. It's just something we shouldn't even have to talk about. But it is, in fact, a huge thing going on in our country. And as noble as I think it is, I think it's a very hard goal to achieve. And I think it's going to be something we're going to have to work on for years and years. And I think it's very interesting, and I'm still working on my own opinions on this, about the private sector getting involved, you know. If they are, good for them, you know. Good that you're going to do something. Good for you. That's great to hear. But I also feel like ending hunger also does require other areas, you know. Churches can get involved. Other charities. That's a huge thing. And personally, this is something I'm very passionate about. I used to serve food to the homeless community um, when I lived back at home in Rhode Island, I would go out on weekends with my parents and we would serve food to the homeless. And that was a huge thing. And it taught me something about myself and about the community that we are all should be united to come and help and serve, especially as a Christian. I think it's huge to go and serve as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm called to do. And being able to go out and do that was eye-opening for me. I got to hear stories from people and see what their life was like. Veterans, uh, single moms, trying to make ends meet, trying to do something, and struggling to feed their families. This is a huge problem in America, and it truly breaks my heart to see what's going on. But I don't know if by 2030 we can end this. And, you know, we can try all we want, and we can do what we want. I don't know if it will be done. And also... I don't know how much the federal government being involved is a great idea. I think the federal government needs to be involved in some sort, but I also do think it is jobs of charities, churches, others to go out and help as well. That's what we're called to do as well as people. 
Go out and help and serve. Give to the less fortunate. Do what we can. And so I think there has to be a balance between that, where the government gets involved and then charities, churches, and others, and people just have the goodness of their hearts get involved. I know it was huge for me as a young teenager to see people on the streets and trying to help and serve. It was huge for me. It made me think about how fortunate I am to have what I have. And I think it's a thing we a lot of people need to learn. And we need, you know what? We, you know what would be great? And I'm just throwing this out there. It's just me thinking out loud right now. What if politicians and stuff, let's get them out there serving food, doing this, going out there and doing what government is supposed to do, serving the people. How about we do that? An investigation is underway over the shooting of an elderly woman who was canvassing in Michigan. Last week, an 84-year-old woman was canvassing against the Proposal 3, which would add a constitutional amendment to protect women's reproductive rights in the state. According to Fox 2 Detroit and 74-year-old Richard Harvey's account, he shot Joan Jacobson accidentally after the canvasser was arguing with Harvey's wife. The woman was able to leave the scene and report the incident to authorities, who proceeded to take her to the hospital. She has since been released from the hospital. Michigan is set to vote on the proposed amendment this November. Now, this is a big story for us here in Michigan because this proposal is huge. But also, I want to focus on this victim. That was That's huge. I don't care what side of this you're on pro-abortion, anti-abortion, pro-life, pro-choice, whatever the terms you use are. This shouldn't happen. We shouldn't go to this. And I know it was accidental. He said, I'm not going to argue against, for or against that, whatever. I still think it's ridiculous what happened. It's ridiculous. We should be able to agree to disagree. And I think it does bring up that bigger idea of where America is at right now. We're a divided nation. The fabric of America is torn you know, we need to mend it together. We need to come together, unite. And that doesn't seem to be happening at all. But it needs to. And there are ways we can do it. There are so many ways we can do it. We just don't try, really, honestly, anymore. We see promises of unity from the president. We see him saying he's going to unite, building back better, more like he's building back broken. We're not seeing unity. We were promised unity and we're not getting it. And that's because we just get further and further divided on political ideas. And I I love politics. I think it's great to be in civically involved. I think it's important and we should all strive to be good citizens. However, there's a point where we're people... Americans before Democrat, Republican, Independent. We are united people. At the end of the day, I don't care what party you're from, who you would say your president is. We're all Americans at the end of the day. We're all human beings who have feelings, have desires, have goals, have wants. We have things in common. But we can't focus on that anymore because we're so focused on our politics and our ideologies and all this and that and blah, blah, blah. Enough of that and more of embracing each other, supporting each other, lifting each other up, regardless of party, regardless of anything, because at the end of the day, we're all humans and that's what should matter.
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I truly appreciate it. This show has been such a blessing for me to make and continue to make week by week. And it really opened and continues to open my eyes more and more to what's going on in this country, but really the divide as I've been talking about in this country. And look, I have my own political views, very strong political views, in fact. But I'm so sick of the divide, so sick of people attacking each other day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, we see it happening. And enough is enough. And I hope that my show is able to give you that while giving you political insights, telling you what's going on, but also showing you there's so much more to life than politics. There's so much more. Thank you, and I hope you have a great weekend.